Welcome to Invited In, a podcast connecting you to the global family of Samaritan's Purse. I know 2020 has spurred many emotions, um, and so it's been a difficult year filled with frustration, uncertainty, loss, and weariness. And despite entering the Christmas season tired and weary, I pray that you're finding hope and encouragement in our hope that is unshakable, Jesus, our Savior. And so it's easy to look around coming into this Christmas season at what we're lacking or what's different or what we're having to pivot. Um, But I pray that um, you're reminded that the reason we celebrate hasn't changed. And stripped away, it is still worth celebrating. We eagerly celebrate uh, the birth of our Savior, and we eagerly await His second coming, and it's not dependent on our circumstances. And so although our schedules might look different and our traditions might pivot and change, the reason we celebrate doesn't. And so in honor of celebrating this Christmas season, you know, Emmanuel means God with us. God is with us. He sees us. He knows our hearts. And I love the encouragement that Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says about Jesus. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace in the time of need. I love this. We don't have a high priest that doesn't sympathize with with us. You know, in Isaiah, it says the same thing. He is a man of sorrows. He knows what we are going through. And so despite our, our circumstances, we can be steadfast, trusting that our Savior knows our hearts, knows our hopes and desires. And so today, I want to introduce you to someone who knows what that's like, who knows what it's like to let go of expectations, who knows what it's like to live in in a foreign country and celebrate Christmas um, without the things that she's used to. Um, And so today, I want to introduce you to someone who knows about what it's like to be far from home. And so Jody Tosh is coming to us from the United Kingdom. Um, well, my name is Jody Tosh, um, and I'm married to Darren Tosh, who has also been involved with Samaritan's Purse for quite a long time. Um, I had started um, with Samaritan's Purse back in 1998 in the Canadian, Canadian office, um, where I was a um, data, I worked with data with Operation Christmas Child. Um, and since then, I have um, lived in, and worked for Samaritan's Purse uh, in Canada. Thailand, Cambodia, Australia, Nepal, Vietnam, and now we are currently um, working for the office here in the United Kingdom um, in London. Um, Outside of that, I've also lived in um, Nashville, Tennessee for a while, as well as um, in Incheon in South Korea. So um, yeah, I've done everything from the prescription for hope manager, education school construction. I started our Northern office in Cambodia um, following a deadly forced displacement of migrant workers. Um, I've done community development projects, a demining program. I was a counter trafficking program manager in Vietnam. I've been a program manager for the BGA in Cambodia. Um, So I've kind of, I've been, many places and filled many roles. Um, however, more in more recent years, um, I've seen a large part of my ministry has been to transition my family successfully. So having lived in, you know, nine countries um, and in more recent years, that being married with a family um, with three children, um, I've learned that transitioning needs to be done well. And I have, I, I see that as a large part of my ministry is making sure that 
um, the decisions that I'm making for my family and the manner in which I make them um, build into their cognitive reserve to, you know, am I fostering attachment and resilience and broadening their worldview in, in what we are doing and um, transitioning can be difficult, but it can be done well. And so that's sort of been my goal in recent years is to do that well. I love that. Um, and that's something I want to talk to you about on a later day. Um, but today, you know, in December, we just felt we couldn't just do a normal t- traditional episode. And so today our, our our target and our heartbeat is, you know, COVID-19 has impacted our entire world, you know, in a, and p- made everybody had to pivot in certain ways. And I think embracing, you know, entering this Christmas season, I think many people are sad and are dealing with loss and grief, you know, whether it be a family member, you know, actually losing someone or just losses of tradition, you know, or things that we typically do or not seeing family. But as you mentioned, living in over nine countries, um, you have spent a Christmas away from family. And so I just wanted to talk about that for a little while today. Um, You know, as some may not be able to travel or see family and they might feel a loss, well, your family has chosen to do that. You've followed the Lord and been obedient to live overseas in foreign countries And so that's what I want to talk about today. Um, But again, I think we need to come back at another time and talk about many different topics with you. Um, But just so to start, um, what is it like to be in another country during Christmas time? Um, And and in many of your countries, they don't celebrate Christmas. So you don't even have the Christmas season around you. Um, How has your family pivoted with that? I think... um there's a wide range of emotions so that you can, um, you can choose to find joy and excitement in it. Um, but then there's the reality that there are moments of sadness and grief. Um, and it's allowing myself to experience all of those emotions and being able to identify them, um, and, and allow myself to, like I said, to, to experience them all. Um, every country is going to look different. So, um, I find that the countries that do celebrate Christmas are often harder um, around Christmas time. And that's because um, when they look quite similar to, um, so I'm from Canada, when it looks similar to Canada, then I have the expectation for Christmas to look like Canada or, um, and the traditions to look like how I would celebrate it in Canada. Um, and that's where I find that I'll experience that disappointment because it isn't going to meet, the, meet those expectations. It's not, it's not Canada. <laughs> and um, whereas the countries that don't celebrate Christmas um, then any little glimpse that you do see of Christmas, you're, you're excited about. And I think there's a, there's, um, you're more open and willing to um, allow Christmas to look different in those countries. Um, and so one thing that we, we have often done is, is, again, I think that sometimes it is that choice that today I'm going to choose to find the joy in it and the excitement in it. And um, I guess something that we've always done is... Um, celebrated the traditions of other countries and how they do things. Um, that That's sort of, I guess, a tradition for us is just to look around and say, what are the differences? And I'm going to embrace that this year. And I think that that helps our, our family and my children to remember those Christmases because they look back and say, oh, do you remember when we did this? And that was something different than what they might do in, in Canada, but they celebrate that. And that's something that they remember. And it's, in, um, it's that memory that they do take with them. So for instance, um, being in the UK, um, there's a, a 
service for a Christmas service on, on Christmas Day. So in Canada, we would celebrate on Christmas Eve, we would go to church, but here we would go to church on Christmas Day. Um, and, you know, we're able to talk to my kids that is something different. And, and, and that's what's just so beautiful is that it doesn't need to look the same. Um, you know, in, in other countries, um, you know, I remember in Nepal, we went and celebrated with um, a community um, of people that have leprosy. And um, as they were celebrating Christmas um, in a joint service with a um, church in which many of the members have disabilities. And that isn't, you know, something that we had done in before, but that is definitely what we remember about Christmas. And um, it's a community of people that are very dear to us. And so that's what we remember about Christmas that year of, of being able to sub- celebrate um, with this community. So, um, yeah, I do, do think that, um, that there is that grief too. And, and we, we allow ourselves or we recognize when that grief is involved, when expectations aren't being met, um, and, and allow us to go through that, that cycle of grief, I guess. Um, but I also think that over the years, and this isn't something right on, you know, for somebody that is celebrating for the first time away from their passport country, that, um, I've, we've had to, over the years, let go of a lot of expectations. And and that's not easy the first time around. But as we, we learn to do that, we learn to adapt to the culture around us, it does become a lot easier um, to, to let go of those expectations. And what I've found over the years, as we do that, as it becomes easier, I also see God's um, work in greater ways. I, it allows room um, for God to be working. And, and we've seen amazing thing happen, amazing things happen in that space. Um, I love so many things about what you just said, but when you said it allows room for God to work, you know, I think of, you know, we talk about it a lot here, you know, the founder of Samaritan's Purse, Bob Pierce talked about the God room principle, you know, uh, accepting a need, um, when we really couldn't meet that need, um, without God's help. And I think the same goes for what you just said, letting go of expectations and saying and stripping yourself, okay, God, the Christmas is about you, you know? And that's what I, that's what I also want to talk about today is, is wherever you are, the reason we're celebrating doesn't change, you know, but I think we, um, tend to make Christmas a lot of other things that they're not. Um, but you're right, stripping yourself and just saying, um, God, I want you to work this year. What do you want to teach us about Christmas? What do you want to show up and do? Um, and I think it's interesting that you said in the countries that don't celebrate, it was almost easier um, because you weren't comparing. So can you maybe talk me through, and you did a little bit with some of the programs you've gotten to do, but maybe even just each country, um, what was unique um, and what surprised you? I think sometimes they are a bit more general statements versus each country. I think um, I, I've been surprised in countries that don't that um, don't celebrate Christmas. There's more of this um, materialist. Uh, they, they see it from the materialistic side of Christmas. And so there has been this embracing of, you know, you do see Christmas trees or you see your Christmas music playing and, um, and those types of traditions. And, um, but there's not this true understanding of, of Christmas. So those kind of things that on the good side allows us to, to experience the feeling of Christmas. Um, some of those um, that things that, that bring about that feeling of Christmas. Um, but it also opens the door when um, to have those discussions with people of, you know, 
why do you think these things are here? Why do you think we celebrate Christmas? Um, it definitely opens those doors to having conversations about what Christmas is really about. Um, and then I think when we do have those conversations, it also is that reminder, <laughs> um, because when we are trying to choose those things, we do need those sort of reminders ourselves, you know, and it is that reminder of, hey, you know what, it's not about these things, it's about Jesus and and what Jesus has done for us and and celebrating him. And, and um, no matter what, we have that to take with us to each country. And so as you let go of those expectations, um, you, you realize that that's not what it's about, you know, that's not what um, brings me that happiness and that hope on Christmas. It's Jesus. And, and I'm bringing him wherever I'm going. Um, but, but also a thing that really stands out with each country is just the people it, um, that you're celebrating with. And, and that's something we've really had to embrace is that, um, of course, there are years where we would hope that, or we would wish that it was family and friends that we've known for a long time that are amongst us. But wherever we go, there are people that are wanting those same things too. <laughs> you know, um, I think of just that C.S. Lewis um, has a quote that says, friendship is born at the moment when one person says to another, what, you too? I thought I was the only one. And so there are a lot of friends out there that are wanting to celebrate Christmas with you because they're feeling those same things. They're feeling those same emotions and, and longing for what they do know. And what a beautiful opportunity to bring those things, um, that together, bring people together. And so um, one thing we've done in every country is saying who's out there that we can come together. And um, again, countries that don't celebrate Christmas um, have a lot more people willing to come together to try to uh, make it. And they bring traditions together. We bring food, whatever is... Um, traditional for for you and for me we bring those those dishes together and we eat it together and and it's more about doing it together and being together than it is about um whether this is the christmas that we know from our passport countries or not mm -hmm. i love that and um and as you mentioned that, you know, we were in the military for many years, and so we've spent it, same thing, all over the country, sometimes not with family, sometimes Edward's not even home for Christmas. So like you said, we've learned to adapt and who's around. So I think back to certain Christmases, and, you know, though it wasn't maybe what we would have picked or planned, it ended up being so beautiful. And we learned traditions and maybe things that we've adapted to our family. So what have you picked up over the years? Like you said, when you come together and everybody brings their different traditions or home meals that they have to have, what are some traditions that you've picked up and you've kept? Because I'm sure each year looks different, but are there some that have, you know, piggybacked on um, and you've continued on? When it comes to, to food, we're not afraid to add things that are not traditional <laughs> so um and i mean we've raised our kids on a variety of food so um sort of the the wider the variety of food there the happier we kind of are um than just keeping it as as the turkey and and the things that go with it um but at the same time when we go back to canada my kids love that too and so um you know they're able to um Again, it's that memory of when we celebrate in Canada, this is what we have. And, and we love that. But when we celebrate here, we, um, we prefer these things. And, and um, when it comes to uh, um, a big thing that's important is just decorating. So when, when we do have Christmas, I, um, I do want to decorate so that the kids experience that, that feeling of Christmas. But we have never 
up until I moved to the United Kingdom, we've never brought Christmas like decorations or ornaments over with us. And so um, part of it is just saying, okay, the reality is we want it to feel like Christmas and to decorate. Um, but what do we do this year? Um, we're, we're open to changing what that looks like every year. So I remember our year in Vietnam, um, just looking up things online of how to make different decorations. And we, we made all sorts of decorations for our tree and just experimented with, with things. And, and some of those decorations became dear to us and, and we've kept and brought home and, what are the things that we do we do like, but how do we adapt it to our environment, whether it's just changing our food, but we're still bringing people together or changing our decorations, but we're still decorating, um, that sort of thing. So um, actually this was the first year that our, our Christmas decorations from Canada came and um, I'd made it a point of just writing what, what ornaments were from where and why it was meaningful. And so that was an experience, a very special experience to go through with, with my kids. Um, because it also told sort of a story for them along the way of things that they may have forgotten. Um, and, and my 10-year-old daughter, you know, she's saying, you know, I feel like I've taken this for granted all these years. <laughs> and, and, and she hasn't because those decorations haven't all been in one place for her to see. But um, it was really neat to go through that with her and, and um, go through that story of her life through, through these decorations from different places and uh, with different meaning. Mm-hmm. I love that. And that all comes back to a choice. You know, it's a choice. We can say, um, look at what you can do, you know, versus I think a lot of us, when when expectations aren't met, we look at what has been taken from us or what we can't do. And that's why I wanted to talk about this, because I think so many feel like with COVID, so much has been taken from them. But you're right. We can still choose um, the important things really can't be taken from us, our faith, you know, and that's something I want to talk about too. Um, you know, we have an unshakable hope, you know, that can never be taken from us. Um, and like family and friends, and like you said, we might not be able to be with um, the ones we grew up being with, but we can look around and there are family and friends. Um, and and I love that quote you shared, because you're right, then you probably have a deeper bond than most, because you have banded together, um, you know, and chosen to be family, because and especially as the body of Christ, we are family. So whoever you're with, wherever you are, that is your family, you know, your brother and sister in Christ. Um, and so it's that choice of not what I'm lacking, but what can I do? So that's just encouragement to all of us here. You know, there may be a lot of things we can't do right now, um, but we still can do many of those things. They're just going to look different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so spiritually, I'm sure you have learned so much over the years, but um, is there anything, uh, any particular scripture or um, something that you're leaning on this year um, that God's teaching you in this time? Um, yes. Yeah, so as I talked, you know, we do have to let go of those expect- expectations, but there is the reality that we um, we still grieve and we still have emotions or we're still sad and and to allow ourselves to experience that and just um as a, a scripture that is i've held dear as we've gone through many transitions and with that there's been many losses in in um some of those moves um and especially at christmas time we've often experienced um medical crises with my children so this is often a, a time of year that's just um that's always sort of been unstable for my family. And one a scripture that I've, I've held on to um, through all of those trials and, and 
those times is um, just from Psalm 56, uh, verse 8 and 13. It says, I have kept, or sorry, you have kept count of my tossings, put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? For you have delivered my soul from death, indeed my feet from stumbling, so that I may walk before God in the light of the living. And that has just really stood out to me because God, on the one hand, God knows my heart. He knows what I long for. Um, He knows the desires of my heart. And so I can experience joys and everything. But on the other hand, um, I do experience these things and he knows that side of my life as well. So he knows what I'm going through. He knows my disappointments. He knows my expectations and he knows my sadness. And it's not that he, um, he leaves it there and saying, I know, but he allows me to grieve. He allows me to cry. And, and then he takes it a step further and he collects those tears. Um, and he, and he keeps them as a place for remembering, uh, a place of reverence. And so no matter what I go through, I do hang on to that. And, and, um, even in my moments of, of happiness, um, it is that reminder that it's okay to experience. It's okay to feel those things and to to go through those things. And not only does does God know, but He's there to comfort and He's there to collect my tears and He's there to remember them with me. Um, and and but then as the ver- verse goes on into verse thing um, thirteen, as it says that um, I, He indeed He's kept my feet from stumbling, so that I may walk in light in the light of the living um, and that he will bring those things back into light and, and um, help me to grow from them, help me to learn from them, help me to see them from new perspectives or to see um, joy in them somehow. So, mm-hmm. well, That was a beautiful scripture. Thank you for sharing that because I think, um, you know, looking at your life, you guys have been so obedient. And like I said, followed the Lord all over the world. And I know, you, like you said, there's been blessings in them, but I know there's been heartache in them too. And I think sometimes we, as Christians, you know, not that, you know, there's that prosperity gospel of where it's, it's going to be easy if you follow the Lord. And actually, um, it's not. Um, and, and even as we celebrate Christmas, I mean, Mary and Joseph, God chose the hardest way to bring Jesus into the earth. You know, you think of how they were shamed and they were, you know, scrutinized. We think of it as this beautiful, lovely, wonderful thing. And, and it is because it was a gift, but it came out of loss and it came out of sacrifice on their part. You know, a, a teen mother, unwed, um, you know, Joseph had to choose to adopt that child. Um, I mean, that was hard. Um, and you know that they had people rejecting them and putting them down and shaming them. I mean, Mary's first reaction was to flee, you know, and to be with Elizabeth alone. So I think sometimes we we don't realize that and that there was grief with that. You know, they had to grieve things. They had to grieve a natural family starting, you know. Um, they had to grieve a lot of things. Was it beautiful? Was it worth it? Yes. But were the stakes high and was there a cost? Absolutely. Um, and, and you and I, you know, we know that. We've adopted children. Um, is it beautiful? Beautiful, absolutely, but was there loss and um, hurt and um, rejection? Was there, you know, there are there some brokenness in, involved in that? Yes, um, and that affects their life forever, you know. Um, so I think. I love how you said that, um, and I love how you said that. Even in the countries that celebrated, it was harder. So I think I want people to hear that, like. If your grief, um, you might think your loss is small, you know, oh, I just can't see my family or I can't take my kids to Santa or, you know, things that might seem small and trivial, 
it's still a loss. You know, it was still something that changed. Um, but I think that loss and what I've seen over my life, that leans me into the fact that this is not our home. You know, this is not our our, our world. This is not um, this is not it. And so it it makes me when things are uncomfortable, it makes me lean into the fact that there is something better. You know, and I'm serving a God that wants me to tell other people about that. You know, that home that we're longing for. Um, so maybe, um, and like you said, when you're talking about sharing Christ with people, you know, that go tell it on the mountain come to my mind. It's like this time of year is when people are more open, um, whether you accept, celebrate Christmas or not. And like you said, they they just see it as a materialistic standpoint, but it is a time to dig deeper. So I encourage people listening, if you're grieving and you're a believer, you can bet non-believers are grieving so much more because they don't have the hope that we have. So let it, allow it to lean you into sharing that hope that we have. And so, um, so as you were talking, um, I just love that scripture and I just wanted to share that, like just that reminder that we're not alone. We have God, you know, we have, um, and I was actually just reading today, you know, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, you know, the righteous one. He himself is atoning our sins. Um, and he, he is a man of sorrows. He is familiar with our hurt and our grief. You know, Isaiah 53 talks about that. He, um, he was crushed for our iniquities. You know, he understands. He's not a high priest that can't sympathize with our, our suffering. And so, as you said, um, I think sometimes we think things shouldn't be hard when we're following the Lord. Um, but actually, sometimes they're harder. And you, you are a testimony of that. And so just to be able to hear you say that, and you guys are continuing to serve time and time again. Like, So I, I guess I want to ask too, and you've alluded to it in our conversation, but you've had medical challenges. You've had been in countries where you feel alone, um, but you continue to do that. So what keeps drawing you back to serve when I'm sure you're weary and worn? What allows your family to continue to serve? I just—when I first— um, felt that call to go out. It was because I wanted to bring the hope that I received in Christ to others. And hope has always been that critical word for me. And I think that hope is truly found in the beauty that is brought forth from the ashes. I know through what I've experienced that um, I feel closest to God I when I'm going through those deep times of grief. I hear his voice the most when I'm going through those, those moments of pain. Um, that is when I come to understand him more. And that's where my faith grows, where my faith develops is in those moments. Um, it's not in those moments where I, of, of abundance and joy and where I'm appreciative of those moments. And I do love those moments. Um, and I think we'd all prefer to stay in those moments I can honestly say when I do look back and even in the midst of that pain, that's when I, that, that's when I know that, um, that Christ is, is so near. And I think of, um, Corey Ten Boom talks about, um, you know, when we are in, in those moments, we're in the darkness. Um, that's when we're, um, in the shadow, of his wings. That's when we're closest to him because he's got us tucked under 
his wing and the keeping us close. But of course, to be tucked that close, it's going to look dark around us. It's going to feel dark around us, but we can be assured that that's when God is closest to us. And so um, I think that's what, you know, is, it's not easy. And if, if, I'm just sitting here in a moment of abundance, a moment of joy. Do I say, oh, I want to go through a trial? No, because I know how hard it is. But I do remind myself of, of how close he is in those moments. And, and um, yeah, and I allow myself um, to experience that. And, you know, um, you mentioned earlier, you know, if someone's just saying, oh, I'm just not able to go see, I haven't experienced that. I'm just not able to go see a loved one. It's not... Um, I think when it comes to moments of difficulty and moments of grief, we want to compare to other people. And sometimes people use that as their strength to get through. So if I know um, having a child with special needs, um, you know, I can look around and say, oh, well, at least I'm not going through this with my child. At least I don't have to deal with that. And that's not the right thing because then I am not taking into account what I am going through and what I am experiencing. And that needs to be acknowledged. So it's never a comparison of, well, it, I, I shouldn't feel this way because they're dealing with something much greater than me and I can't. They're dealing with that, yes, but God will give us the grace that we need for what we are going through. So if, if, if what someone else is going through seems greater, then God's in that moment is going to give them that greater dose of, of, um, of what they need to get through it, of, of just his blessing and, and, um, he's versus what, what you're going through, you know, he's going to, um, I guess, sort of adjust. (laughs) He knows what we need to get through something. And, um, and so it shouldn't be compared. It's allowing yourself to acknowledge what you're going through and that's okay. And it's okay for you to go through those moments of grief. It's okay for you to say, this is hard and I don't know if I can do it. Um, because he, God is there to pick you up and bring you through it and give you the grace that you need to go through it according to what it is you're going through. So, um, yeah, I just really want to highlight that because I know God really brought that to light with some of the needs that we've gone through with, with my children's medical care. And um, don't compare to going through what you're going through. It's big. And if it's causing you to feel um, sad, if it's causing you to, to grieve, acknowledge that both walk through that cycle of grief, um, uh, bring others in, don't try to walk it alone and yeah, just acknowledge it because it's real and, and don't compare it to someone else's um, situation and what they're going through. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that you said that because I think we do do that. And as Christians, I think we all think, oh, we're supposed to rejoice always. We're supposed to be strong in the Lord. And that's true. Um, and like you said, um, we always have someone that has it harder, you know, which Perspective is perspective, but pain is pain, you know? And so your pain is painful. Um, But perspective is good. Like you said, it is a good thing. But I think sometimes we do, we allow ourselves to say, well, I didn't go through that, so mine isn't hard. You know, I need to just suck it up. And I think you're right. We all need to acknowledge what we're facing. I think it's good. We just all need to acknowledge um, and cry out to the Lord with whatever pain it is. Um, Because until you acknowledge it, um, and grieve it. And it, you know, I think you can't have true abundant joy, you know, until you truly wrestle it out, cry out to the Lord, talk to Him. You know, we look all through the laments all in the Bible. I mean, they were honest um, with their feelings, but then they came back to God. Your ways are not my ways. You know, um, you are higher than me. You know, they come back to you are God, you are sovereign. And so 
we can end there, but I think to get there, it does take acknowledging it, whether it's a good or bad change, you know? And I know for me, you know, even in our adoption, I had to grieve what our family dynamics lost, you know, and the changes. It was a good change, but you still have to acknowledge it in order to heal. And so as you're speaking to that, can you speak to maybe people that are overseas for the first time or they are struggling and they are having a hard time? What would you want to have said, have been said to you in your first time away from family? Um, I think, firstly, I would say um, be open to others. Don't um, close yourself off. Don't, don't, um, don't think you're the only one going through it um, because others are going through it and they want to walk with you in it. And, and you're going to be stronger together to walk in it together. Um, so don't try to, to go it alone. Don't try to be tough it out and um, make yourself vulnerable, you know, in your vulnerability, I think that God is going to work again. And you and um, again, he just, he knows those desires of your heart and he, and, um, and he wants to, to bless you with those desires. I just have a quick story with that. Um, I remember the first time I went out to when I, the first country I moved to, um, permanently, um, where I knew it wasn't just going to be for a short period of time. And when I was leaving, I had everything I knew needed and I knew what I could get there. But I remember before I left, I was just, I wanted new towels and I don't know why I wanted new towels. It's not that, um, I couldn't just bring some old towels with me. It's not that I couldn't buy towels there, but I just, I, for some reason, I just wanted new towels. And so I didn't make a big deal of it. And so does, you know, I don't know why God, but I just love new towels and, and left it at that, continued to prepare. Well, a few days later, um, my mom rang me up and, and she said, the strangest thing happened. So she was at work. She worked in a mall and, um, she says there was a store across from her that, um, they did engraving and stitching on things. And the lady came over to my mom and my mom had said hello to her a few times. And she came over and she said, I know this is going to sound really weird, but I'm a Christian and I just do you have it. And she asked my mom, do you have a, a child? And my mom said, yes, I have three children. She says, well, I just feel, I feel like the Lord has laid it on my heart to give your daughter towels. Um, but before I give them to her, I would love to stitch her name on them. And so my mom comes home with two sets of brand new towels and hand towels to go with them. And they all had my name stitched on them. And it was, God wasn't, no, he knew, um, he didn't just know that desire of my heart for new towels. And I didn't even know why it was a desire, but he, he went that step further and he said, these are yours. I've made them for you and no one else um, because they had my name stitched on them from a complete stranger. And so God knows those little desires of your heart that, um, I would say it's okay to admit those to him <laughs> and, and to say, God, like, um, you know, if you are letting, being adaptable, you are letting go of those expectations, but he doesn't always, he's not always asking you to also let go of those small desires. Um, he is a father and he loves to bless his child. He loves to please his child and to bring joy to his child. So I think it's okay to admit those desires of your heart to him. Um, and, um, but then also to, on the other side, the other hand is to, to recognize um, what those expectations are and what do I need to, to let go of? You know, what are sort of my non-negotiables? Um, but what do, you know, really self-evaluate and, and say, um, 
what what expectations can I let go of? And it might not be easy. When I, when I say that, it's not always easy to let those things go. But um, then to trust God with them, um, that, he, that he's going to give you the grace you need to let them go and to walk um, beyond those expectations um, and, and allow him the, the um, space to work. And um, so I just, yeah, would encourage people to, um, to let those things go. Give him, give him those small desires. Um, walk with others. Don't walk alone. Um, and, and yeah, just give it all to him. He knows, he knows what's going on. Even with COVID, you know, this isn't, this wasn't a surprise to God by any means. He's known all along that this was going to, to take place. So it's not, um, beyond him <laughs> to be able to, to meet you where you're at and to carry you through this. Um, he knows what you, what you each individually need to go through it and, and he will meet you there. I love that story, and I love that you shared it. And I think so often people, we don't see God's working in the small things like that. So for you to just remember that story and acknowledge, you know, that's an encouragement for everyone to be on the lookout for God to to move in small ways, you know. And I love that because He knew the desires of heart. You didn't tell anybody. Um, and so that's a great, you know, just encouragement that He does want to meet our small needs. Um, but it's a good. it's also a good point that we do need to just— let those expectations go um, and, and, and learn what to let go of. And, and as you were talking, I thought of, you know, our kids, we were doing the Jesse tree this morning. And so today's day was um, Abraham, you know, with Isaac and, you know, God asking him to sacrifice Isaac. And um, I think, you know, God just wanted to see that he was willing to let all that he loved, his, his mo- you know, his most loved child, um, that surrender, and I think of open hands, you know, and I think of your life, you know, when you say yes to God and you are willing to move across the world, your hands are open. And so you're letting things go. Um, and it, it, it doesn't mean it's not painful. It doesn't mean it's not hard. I know that was hard on Abraham to do that. Um, he did, It wasn't easy. He didn't want to. But um, once God saw his heart, you know, he provided that ram. Um, and he— and Abraham had that faith, you know, we're going to worship the Lord. You know, he he didn't even tell him what was going to happen um, because he knew God would provide. And I loved how that that's why he called Mount Moriah, you know, God will provide. And I think he is our provider um, and he provides what we need, sometimes not what we want, but sometimes he does. And so I love how you share that story. And I just encourage people to be on the lookout. Um, and that also leads me to another question how can we be praying? Because that's something I want. So people, I want to encourage people that are away, but for people that aren't, I want to encourage them to be praying and encouraging those that are um, and to listen to the Holy Spirit. So if He asks you to do something weird, like engraved towels for someone, do it. Because, you know, you might be one of His hands and feet ministering to people that are around the world. So I, that's another point. We're, we're actually going to encourage people to write notes, you know, do encouragement, reach out to those that are from home. Um, because if you're feeling lonely and sad in your home country, people I'm sure are around the world. So how can we be praying? Because I don't know how to pray for people living across the world, you know, away from family. How can we be praying for you all? Um, well, firstly, I love that that idea of, of just sending or, you know, if God's laying something, those small things that might not make sense to you um, on your heart, do it. My husband and I were talking just last night about how um, 
we never get Christmas cards anymore. And what it's like to receive Christmas cards, but also um, when people used to send Christmas cards with family letters, you know, even if it was a summary of the, what happened in life for that year um, and how that doesn't really happen anymore, but how huge that is because um, it's just so different than the quick information that you get off of social media. But when you've, when someone's taken the time to, to write a Christmas card and especially include a letter of this is what's going on, that's when people feel, um, they feel closer. And, um, and it's also something familiar. I know um, that for us, why that would mean something is because that's something familiar from our childhood of remembering to get cards um, with letters. And so I think sometimes it's, it's looking back and remembering what are some of those things that um, I loved as a child and then bringing those things back to light, to light um, that, you know, might seem old school, but some of those things um, are going to bring that, uh, that sense of familiarity for someone. And that's comforting for people in times, uh, in, in times of uncertainty. Um, and so, um, I, I, I think praying for that sense of community, um, in countries where, um, particularly, I guess, countries that don't celebrate Christmas, or I know us, um, when we're on the field, um, that sense of community is actually a lot easier to, to find because you, you get um, that mission community or that expat community um, naturally just come together <laughs> easily. Um, but there are countries where it is, it, it's more difficult to um, find that sense of community. And so I think that um, that would probably be one of our biggest prayers that although we can't be with, with our family or um, friends from Canada, um, that we would still find that sense of community in this time where, you know, with, with social distancing and, and whatnot, um, that uh, it's harder to find, but that our eyes also would remain open to those that are feeling the same thing too. So it might not be someone, so in the UK, it might not be somebody who is not from the UK and they happen to be here, but it might be someone who um, is single or doesn't have um, their family is living in a different city in the UK, you know, that our eyes would remain open to those that are maybe hurting around us um, um, that we could invite in <laughs> um, to spend Christmas with. Um, yeah, and just kids, I think kids are, um, you know, as much as we can try to um, teach them to um, be resilient um, kids like routine as well. <laughs> and so, yeah, this is, this has um, taken a lot of that routine that is even that much more important for children than it is adults um, away from them. And so it, it's possible that kids, any of the kids that are on, on the field um, are sensing that to a greater extent this year. And I think we just really need to cover kids in um, God's presence that he will um, just give them his sense of security when, when it seems so uncertain for them. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I love hearing Jody's heart. And I know I was personally and challenged um, and encouraged hearing her testimony and just practical wisdom that she has from spending many Christmases overseas. And so today, in honor of that, we want to do something special. And so hearing from Jody's heart, I hope you can see how important it is to get cards, get encouragement from people. So if you're listening, I encourage you right now to just send a quick email to invitedin at samaritan.org. 
We'll compile these emails and we'll send them to all of our international staff. And so it doesn't have to be anything heavy or, you know, I think sometimes we think we have to send something really wordy or important, but just a quick Merry Christmas. We're praying for you. We're thinking of you. Maybe a quick little update from your home, because I think, like Jody said, it's just encouraging to get, I know for me, Christmas cards is my favorite part about Christmas. I love getting mail. I love hearing from people that I haven't talked to all, you know, in months. Um, and so just a simple, I'm thinking about you. It means so much. So please email us, invited in at Samaritan.org, and we'll compile those to send to our international staff. And I know it'll be encouraging to them. And so again, just look for look for ways to take action. I think as you might feel sad or, or at a loss, there are people that are feeling that too. And so use that pain and that sadness and loss to reach out to others. We're gonna be taking a break from the podcast um, until the new year, just to give you time to spend with your family and friends. And if you're like me, you're maybe behind on a lot of podcasts. So just a time to go back, you know, and you can go to many of our invited in episodes or on the ground to be encouraged and renewed this season. And so I just wanna close with a, a verse that's been encouraging me. Micah 7, 7, but I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Um, and, and like Micah's circumstances were hard, things were difficult for his people, but yet he was able to claim this and say it. And so we can. Our God is with us. He sees us, he hears us, and he knows your heart and your longings. So I just pray that you're encouraged today and you use that encouragement to share with others. So we wish you a Merry Christmas and we hope you have a Happy New Year. May God bless you and your family this year. 